Exeter in Devon, by the sea, Roman ruins standing all over town, a reputation for environmental work of a brilliant standard. Exeter was host last week to the BA Festival of Science, and the first speaker I encountered was from nearby Wales, and Kerry Lewis's ambit is even further afield, Galapagos. I've actually been to Galapagos four times, which I consider myself incredibly privileged to have been able to do. It is the most amazing place. So many islands. Do you find plastic on every single one? It's actually quite a long journey between all the different islands. Most of our research is focused on the three main islands where people live. So that's San Cristobal, Santa Cruz and Isabella. But colleagues of ours working in Galapagos have been more widely around the islands. And yes, we find plastic in every sample that we take. Are the local people trying to do something about it? The local people are hugely engaged with this problem, but it's a complicated one for them. They're very much reliant on things being shipped in to those communities. It's a remote community, everything comes in on boats, so they have less control over some of those items coming in. They've actually tried really hard to ban some single-use plastic items without actually thinking about what they do instead. They don't have fresh water on Galapagos, so they ban single-use plastic water bottles without actually working out how they were going to get safe drinking water. So I would say they're hugely engaged, but there are some real challenges in coming up with practical solutions that actually really work both for protecting the Galapagos wildlife but also supporting the communities who live and work there. When you talk about the Galapagos wildlife, the lizards that have become marine and jump into the water, which are your favourites? Well, I personally work on marine invertebrates. These tend to be the less charismatic species that people don't know so well, but I personally love them. But you cannot help but fall in love with the Galapagos sea lions and the blue-fitted boobies and these marine iguanas. They're such iconic species and you don't see them anywhere else. But I personally love, there's a tiny little sea slunk called Onchidella that I've only ever seen in Galapagos. I think it does occur other places, but I've only ever seen it there. For me, that's probably my favourite just because it's so yes, weird. These slugs are very popular. In <laughs> fact, David Attenborough is named after one. Yes. <laughs> or, sorry, it's the other way around. Now, the research you're doing, where's it leading? What we're really trying to come up with is a roadmap of solutions to try and reduce the impact of plastic pollution. We're using Galapagos as a case study, but we're trying to think of solutions that will work more globally. We have this global plastics treaty being negotiated at the moment. We want to be able to give them practical solutions that can be implemented more globally. Galapagos is a really interesting case study for us because it's this unique island set removed from a lot of the more complicated influences. So we can track the plastics coming in on the currents. We know exactly what items are being shipped there. It's a national park everything's counted. We can see where the plastics are moving around the ecosystems in a controlled way and try and understand where, if we put mitigations in place, what those impacts are. So for us, it's a really useful case study, not just because it's a very beautiful place, but because of its remote location, we can isolate where the plastics are coming from a little bit more easily than those more complicated big urban areas. Have you ever heard of Lord Howe Island in Australia? I have, yes, because it's well known for how much plastic is on those beaches, absolutely. And in fact, what they've done, uh, kind of reverse campaign, they've actually got some artworks made out of the plastic that washed up and shows you the incredible variety of stuff. I mean, plastic lighters coming thousands of K. It's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, What tends to happen in Galapagos, because it's obviously right on the equator, so by the time that these items make it to the Galapagos beaches, they've broken down into fragments where it's actually really quite hard to see what the original item was. But we do find all sorts of strange things. Many flip-flops, lighters, 
plastic forks from food items. We also find a lot of drinks bottles that haven't probably travelled so far that have likely come in from fishing fleets that operate right on the edge of the national park. Quite a lot of those items have Chinese writing on them, suggesting they're coming from that big Chinese fishing fleet that sits right on the edge of the national park, just outside the protected area. So there's all sorts of sources and inputs that end up on the beaches in Galapagos. Yeah, it's quite interesting. In northern Australia, which has got a huge coastline, much of the plastic tends to be waste from fishing boats. In other words, those plastic nets. Yeah, and what's really interesting in Galapagos, and again, White makes such a useful case study for us, is there's this very strong current basically going east to west across the islands. And we see a completely different set of items when we're looking on the east coasts, which are the ones facing the mainland, which see those items travelling long distances from Ecuador mainland compared to on the other coast, which is where most of the fishing fleets are. So we see all the fishing go on that one side and those tiny fragments on the other side of the island. So we can see these different inputs into what's going on there. And where do you actually go to look? Do you actually dive and muck around in the mud deep down? We don't dive. We sample on the surface of the seawater using plankton nets. We take sediment grab samples from the bottom, just sending grabs down from a boat. But then we also go on the shores and we've been working in the mangroves. The mangroves are a particularly important marine ecosystem. In Galapagos, it's where the baby hammerhead sharks use as a nursery, very special endangered species. And other sharks use these as nurseries. But they're obviously root systems that act like a big trap and they trap all of the plastics. They're very hard to get into, so all of the lovely beach cleanup effort that's being driven by the locals tends to forget these slightly more difficult areas to get into, and so we're finding huge amounts of plastics being trapped in those mangroves. We went to one site this year where you step onto the beach and it's this gorgeous golden sand, you know, you've got the sea lions and the iguanas there having a lovely time, and then you step onto the sand and it crunches because underneath that sand is literally a carpet of plastic bags, and those are being missed in all of the cleanup activities, so that's an area we're focusing on at the moment to try and improve that situation. What do you want the public to do? Because when I go running on the beach, I have an aim, like many people, of picking up 10 pieces of plastic. Many of them tend to be bags which have had bait that fishers have just left there. Some of the fishers are okay, but otherwise. And they've got no understanding that what is on the beach today could be 1,000k away in a few days' time. What would you like them to do? I think what we really need to do is to reduce the amount of plastic we're using in the first place. Cleaning it up is trying to sort of turn off the tap too late, if you like. We need to stop putting it into the environment in the first place. And about 50% of the 400 plus million tonnes of plastic produced every year is for items that we use once and then throw away. So we've got a product that's designed to last 500 more years and we're actually using it on average for about 15 minutes before it becomes a waste item. That's ridiculous. So plastic is a wonderful item in certain situations, but we are using it really badly. So the most important thing people can do is to stop using single-use drinks bottles when you can have a refillable one, to stop using single-use coffee cups when you can have refillable ones, and just to really think about when you're using plastic and use it when it is the most appropriate thing and try and look for alternatives when it's not. Which part of Wales are you from? Well, my family's from Pembrokeshire, and I spent most of my childhood playing in rock pools there, which is where I fell in love with the marine world. St David's, yes, the purple church. St David's is a beautiful place. There's some fantastic beaches around there, and I really fell in love with marine biology, playing in those rock pools and just spotting all of these weird and wonderful little creatures that live in them and wondering what they are. They're so strange. They were like aliens to me when I was a five-year-old, and I've remained that, that fascination ever since. I can't believe I actually get to ask those questions as a job now. <laughs> <laughs> but you came to access a final question because this does actually have a world reputation for solid environmental work, not just finding what's going wrong, but how to fix it. Absolutely. 
absolutely and that's one of the things I'm most inspired by on a regular basis working on this campus I spent a lot of my career sort of doom stamp collecting finding out all the things that we're doing to harm the ocean but what I've really enjoyed moving here and working with people in our extra marine team and our global systems institute is to try and start to think about solutions how do we use this wealth of knowledge to actually come up with practical tested evidence-based solutions to a lot of these global challenges we often refer to them as being wicked problems because there is no one simple solution and they need to be evidence-based and they need to be socially just and globally just and those sorts of questions are what really thrive on this campus and with the wonderful brains here thinking about those questions thank you very much pleasure Gary Lewis, Associate Professor of Marine Biology at Exeter, a Welsh force of nature. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listener.